Hello. Thank you for listening to the sermon from our Revive service. We hope it helps you learn more about God and allows you to grow closer to Him and in your faith. Amen. Good morning. I don't know if it's the cold, um, the coldness or what it is, or maybe you just had a long week, um, but we're glad that you're here and uh, glad to dig into the Word with you, glad to sing and to praise our great God. If you have your Bibles, if you would open them up with me to the book of Acts, we are unpacking the book of Acts. We're in Acts chapter 14 this morning. We'll cover the first seven verses. Uh, Last week, I shared with you, I think, a whole pie, and uh, some of you were gagging on that. So this morning, I'm just going to give you a bite of the pie, okay? So we're just going to cover Acts 1, 1 through, or 14, uh, verses 1 through 7, and uh, excited to walk through this. Um, this passage with you. If you're visiting or you're tuning online, uh, my name is Pastor Aaron Varner. I have the great privilege of being the senior pastor here at West Hill, and uh, we're excited that you're here and that you've joined with us. Um, Just a quick announcement to let you know, next Sunday, um, you're going to probably walk in and you'll start to see some of the change that will be taking place in the next month. Uh, In here in the sanctuary, our platform will begin work on that tomorrow. And then uh, next Sunday, we are going to take uh, a few minutes at the end of our service and just um, kind of honor those who have gone before us, who allow us to enjoy this. Uh, We're going to acknowledge that there is change happening, and uh, and then we're going to ask the Lord's blessing as we move forward. Um, So next Sunday will be the last time that we will meet in here uh, with pews. Okay, and so if you want to mourn, you can start that mourning process now. Uh, I've been mourning that for a little bit. My back is not, but my um, there's something in my spirit that is. And so uh, we want to acknowledge that change is happening. And sometimes change is hard. Okay, the older I get, the harder change is. Yes, it is true. And so uh, we, we don't want to fly by this uh, and not acknowledge that. We're not going to sweep it under the rug. Um, but just so you know, time time frame Um, In October, uh, we're hoping and praying that the Lord gives us really good weather. Uh, We don't know what October is going to look like as far as meeting in here or if we'll be meeting in the gym or if we'll be meeting outside underneath the portico. Uh, That's kind of our plan in one of those three areas. And so if we have cooler weather, uh, we encourage you, you can wear your winter clothes uh, if you need to. Um, But uh, but we're going to try to be outside um, just... From uh, um, it's going to be nice, and so we hope that you'll join us, and uh, we look forward to that. It's going to be a little bit different, and in some ways that makes me really excited. In other ways, that makes me really nervous because we have everything set up here, and we don't have all that other. But God's God's good, and uh, we're excited about worshiping and still gathering, and uh, and getting together to worship our great God. And 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 it just may look a little bit different in the next weeks to come. So this week, we're here. Next week, we'll be here, Lord willing, and then, uh, and then you'll see some of the changes. So Acts chapter 14, we're going to walk through uh, first seven verses. I'll read them, and then, uh, and then we'll kind of um, unpack them um, and, and then see how they apply to our lives. So if you would follow along with me, they'll be up on the screen as well. I encourage you to, to join me. It says, now in Iconium, they entered together into the Jewish synagogue and spoke in such a way that a great number of both Jews and Greeks believed. 
But the unbelieving Jews stirred up the Gentiles and poisoned their minds uh, against their brothers. So they remained for a long time, speaking boldly for the Lord, and who bore witness to the word of his grace, granting signs and wonders to be done by their hands. But the people of the city were divided. Some sided with the Jews and some with the apostles. When an attempt was made by both Gentiles and Jews with their rulers to mistreat them and to stone them, they learned of it and fled to Lystra and Derbe and cities of Lyconium and to the surrounding country and where they continued to preach the gospel. Would you pray with me, Lord? We thank you for your word in these seven verses. Lord, help us to unpack your truth. Help us to understand better how uh, you love us and how the gospel changes our life, Lord. And so help us walk out of here changed and different because we've met with you, because we've allowed your spirit to move in our minds and our hearts this morning. May we give you that space now, Lord. May we give you the freedom to work in us, to show us who we really are and who you really are, Lord. We need that desperately this morning. May you use your messenger, Lord, um, inadequate as I am, Lord, to speak your truth. May you be glorified, and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So then to chapter 13, we saw that they left Iconium, and, uh, or they left um, where they were. Um, back in chapter 13, they had uh, gone to um, a couple cities, and uh, they were in chapter 13, uh, Samalis, chapter 13, verse 5, and then they moved to uh, the other end of the island of uh, Paphos, and then, uh, and then they went to um, Poseidon Antioch, and uh, that was not the same Antioch that sent them. Um, we looked at a map, and actually I have two maps up here uh, for you this morning. Lene, if you could show us the first one. Uh, just, again, shows you where, where they went, which is now modern-day Syria, Antioch, moved to Cyprus, and uh, moved from one end of the island to the next, and then they moved up to Perga, traveled up to the uh, um, Antioch north and Galatia, and then we see them moving to Iconium, and at the end of our passage today, uh, they moved to Lystra and Derby and that surrounding area. So that gives you kind of a picture. There's another map here um, that will that will show you what Iconium is, uh, where they are, um, and, and I know that's hard to see. That's the red dot, and then Lystra um, is uh, a little bit south of there, and I'll give you some details on that in a minute, but I wanted you to see um, these are real places on a map, and, uh, and so that you can kind of get a reference as you hear these places, uh, what's being said about them. So verse 1. Uh, they're at Iconium now, which is modern-day uh, Kanya, Turkey. They're in Turkey, um, which is uh, about 100 miles east of, uh, um, of the Antioch there versus, uh, via the road. And we'll talk a little bit about that in a minute, the road system that was in place that the Romans put in. Um, and this road was purposeful that was connecting these cities. And so they would use, Paul and Barnabas would have used these roads to travel and probably having uh, permission uh, from uh, the, the, the leader earlier that, that they had uh, won over uh, in, in Cyprus. And so when they saw that, they, uh, they had kind of uh, a right and a privilege to then travel these roads by an authority. And so as they traveled these roads, they, they came 
entering into the synagogue. So just as we saw in chapter 13, verse 5, chapter 13, verse 6, and chapter 13, verse 14, Paul and Barnabas are again making their emphasis on going to the Jews. And so they enter into the synagogue, and they spoke in such a way uh, that a great number of people believed, both Jew and Greek. Um, the word here for Greek is going to be different than the word that we see that is used for Gentile. And I think that's purposeful uh, as, as Dr. Luke is writing this. And it helps us to see that uh, the Jews in the Greek, the Greek are probably those who are coming into the synagogue and and have participated in the worship of God, of Yahweh. And so these Greeks have come, they're listening to the preaching of Paul and Barnabas, and as they're hearing this, uh, Dr. Luke records for us, a great number of them um, believe. So Paul and Barnabas spoke in such a way that those who heard it believed. Man, that's every dream of anybody who ever speaks, right? That you can speak in such a way that people actually believe what you hear. I don't care if you believe me. I want you to believe the word of God this morning, all right? And so uh, I'll do my best to speak in such a way. I am fully aware that I am not necessarily a good speaker, um, uh, maybe I'll say a great speaker, um, because I make up my own words, and then I have trouble uh, even pronouncing some of these other names. And so, or I make mistakes like I did last Sunday, and I read the wrong passage from the Old Testament. How many of you realize that? Yeah, how, how come you guys didn't speak up and tell me? Thank you. That, I appreciate that. You guys were so kind and gracious to me, and that, that's wonderful. And Lisa's like, uh, we got home, and we always talk about, hey, how was our morning, and what's your observations? She's like, did, did you not hear us? Like, all the people, like, pss, pss, pss. I'm like, yeah, but I hear that all the time. So, <laughs> so thank you for your graciousness. I hope to present the word of God this morning, that the spirit of God would help you understand and to believe uh, the truth of God's word. I hope, hopefully, you got that last week and seeing the connection of the Old Testament to the New Testament, even though I read the wrong passage. Um, so we're here, they're, they're believing, verse 2. Um, it, it is interesting, Dr. Luke, as he's writing this, verse 1 and 2 go together, and verses 3 and 4 go together. And so they're here in Iconium, they're speaking in such a way where people are believing, but, verse 2, it says, but the unbelieving Jews stirred up the Gentiles and poisoned their minds amongst the brothers. And so um, as we look at this, we see there's a but. So there's great news that's happening, but there's something else negative going on. And so I've labeled, I've titled this morning's sermon is Poisoned and Divided. Poisoned and Divided. And I think it speaks highly of where we are today. Today as a nation, today even as a church, uh, the church of Jesus Christ. And so we see there are some unbelieving Jews. They're there, the gospel's presented, the, the grace of God is presented, and there are some Jews that hear this and they reject it. They reject Jesus as the Messiah, as Savior, as Lord. And so in doing this, they not only stick to themselves, they're going to stir up others. 
and not only stir up those who were in the synagogue, this term Gentiles is a, a term for outsiders as well. And so they're stirring up, and we're going to see, Dr. Luke gives it to us, the outsiders, those who are of the world and the authority of those outside of the synagogue at this point. And so they're poisoning their minds against the brothers. And so this isn't just the outsiders, though. Dr. Luke helps us to see these are Jews who are trying to poison those who are in the synagogue hearing the truth of Jesus Christ. He's, they're poisoning them, meaning they are harming them. They're desiring to bring harm against them. It's, it's, a, it's a very uh, descriptive word here, to poison and so uh, we see poisoned their minds. It wasn't uh, physical poisoning. It was to get into their mind and to cause them to think negatively towards what the apostles are preaching. Um, I don't know about you, but we, we, we might have had some poisoning taking place in the last um, few years or uh, a few thousand years, probably ever since Jesus came there's been a poisoning of the mind. And so what we do is we live in this world that has sought to poison our minds in such a way that they're going to teach us and show us things that go against the word of God. We'll talk about that at the end, but keep that in mind as we walk through this. Verse 1 and 2 go together. Now verse 3. Let's look at verse 3. It says, so they remained for a long time. Paul and Barnabas remained there for a long time, speaking boldly for the Lord. They were probably there roughly about three months, okay? Speaking boldly for the Lord, who bore witness to the word of his grace, granting signs and wonders to be done by their hands. So the, the makeup of this verse is pretty cool. Paul, Paul and Barnabas are, are remaining there for a long time. They're speaking boldly for the Lord. The Lord here is, is the subject of, of what is then going to be said, that it is the Lord who bore witness, okay, of the word of grace, of his grace. Um, and so um, the, the things that were happening, the signs, the wonders that were being done by the hand of Paul and Barnabas were because the Lord had granted it. And it was the Lord, um, and it's only through the Lord that it was possible um, that this grace was shown. So it was God doing these signs and wonders, not Paul and Barnabas. They were just a part of God. They were instruments of God's use. When we look at miracles and when we see miracles, we need to understand there is only one source of miracles, and that is the Lord. It is not us. It is not angels, it is not mankind, it's not anything in God's creation. The source of signs and wonders of miracles come from God. It is only from the Lord. And so when we look at this, uh, we see that these signs and wonders bore witness of what? They bore witness of the grace, the word of his grace. It's interesting that Dr. Luke would share this phrase because it, he, he could have described it in a lot of different ways, but he shared it in such a way that says uh, the word of grace. And so the word of the Lord's grace and that grace we've seen has been shared. How? 
Well, it's through Paul and Barnabas sharing about through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. That's God's grace. God's grace is that he sent his son, Jesus, to this earth, that he lived a a sinless and perfect life, that he ultimately died upon the cross for our sin, taking our penalty, our sin, all the things that we deserve in punishment from God because we are disobedient, Jesus took when he hung on the cross. He was buried, and three days later, he conquered sin and death, proving that he alone is God. God raised him from the dead. He is the Messiah. Jesus is the evidence of the grace of God, and that's the word that that Paul and Barnabas are sharing, the word of grace. We are not saved by our own merits. We're not saved by our own, our own doings. There's nothing that we can do to earn our salvation. It is the grace of God that we have the privilege of having faith and trusting in Jesus. It's not because of our faith. It's because of the grace of God that gives us the faith to be able to trust. We are saved by the grace of God through faith. Ephesians 2. So we see as Paul and Barnabas are sharing this, God gives evidence that their, that their message is truth. And their message is truth because these signs and wonders are taking place. Verse 4, here's our another but. All right, so one and two, good thing, bad thing. Good thing in verse 3, bad thing in verse 4. But the people of the city were divided. Some sided with the Jews and some with the apostles. Now, again, we see there are people of the city. It doesn't say the people of the synagogue. It says the people. And so I think this is a broader scope of people. This is the people of the city, both those who were religious and those who were just rulers and those who were out there. And so as they're there, part of the city, some were siding with the Jews who had raised up against Paul and Barnabas, and others were with the apostles. Now, this is, a, this is an interesting term, again, that Dr. Luke would share, because in this chapter, chapter 14, it's the only time that Luke will speak of, of Paul and Barnabas as apostles. He's not here defending their apostleship throughout his book. He does give us evidence here, though, that God is, is has given them the authority just as the other 12 apostles 11 apostles that were followers of Jesus that followed with Jesus on his earthly life he is describing them here in such a way as they're proclaiming the message they have the authority to proclaim God's word just as the 11 did And so he will not go into great detail and explanation of that in the rest of his letter. But we do see here just for this brief time, two times this week, and we're going to look at it next week in chapter 14. He uses this term apostles for Paul and Barnabas. Again, giving the stamp to say you, these men have the authority to preach the word. Again, when you're reading this first century, you're reading the book of Acts, first century church, and you're reading about Paul and Barnabas. Now you see Dr. Luke and he's like, yep, those were the men chosen by God to proclaim his message. There's authority given there. And so as they get this authority, they're, they're, they're preaching, they're teaching, 
And then they find out, verse 5, when an attempt was made by both Gentiles and Jews with their rulers to mistreat them and to stone them, they learned of it, and they fled to Lystra and Derbe, cities of Lyosania, um, and to the surrounding country. And there they continued to preach the gospel. So very self, self-explanatory. They, they fled to Lystra. Um, they see that, uh, that both Gentiles, the ethnos, that's a term that's used there in the Greek, ethnos or ethnic is what we have in English. The ethnicities that were there in the city, along with the Jews and their rulers. This was a Roman colony, and so there's probably the Roman rulership there at this time. They have, uh, they have risen up. And they, have, they are going to cause harm, physical harm now, to both Paul and Barnabas. So, but they learn of it, and after about three months, they flee to Lystra, which is about 20 miles south, southwest of where they are now, and, and then also uh, Derby, which is 93 miles um, uh, east of Lystra. And so they travel on this road via um, uh, Sebeste. And so you can look up this, this road, uh, Via Sebeste, and it, it's, it's pretty cool to learn a little bit of the history of it. Paul and Barnabas are probably traveling this road, these roads as they leave from one city uh, to another. And we're going to find out next week, uh, they are leaving uprisings in their wake. And so there's going to be people who are going to follow them and are, who are going to challenge them and who are ultimately going to persecute them. And so they're traveling by these roads, just like we travel by uh, Route 77 and 76 and I-90. Um, this was the route. They were following the route. They were traveling from city to city. And, and the gospel, Dr. Luke uh, tells us, as they preach the gospel, they're, they're continuing in their faithfulness of that. Dr. Luke didn't have to say that. Okay, they're traveling from one place to another. We know that they're preaching the gospel, but he makes a special emphasis on the, on, at the end of verse 7, that they continue to do so, preaching the gospel. So when we look at this for our lives, and I don't want to go into too, too great a detail, and I don't want to over-spiritualize our text this morning, but I do want us to think about this whole idea of poison and divide. Today we have uh, we live in a world that has exchanged truth for a lie, and ultimately in Isaiah five verse twenty and twenty one, woe to those who call good bad and bad good, and that's the world that we live in. We shouldn't be shocked by that. That's the way the world has always been. It is the world that we live in today, and so we need to be careful. We must be on guard because we can be influenced by those who are outside and who ultimately Satan desires to use to poison our minds. As brothers and sisters in Christ, we must be careful not to allow our minds to be poisoned by untruth. So what must we do in order to not allow that to happen? A few things. Number one, And you hear me say this over and over and over and over again, and I will say it again. You need to spend time in God's word. You need to read it, and you need to study it, and you need to pray, and you need to spend time with God every single day. Because the more time that you spend away from God, the more you're opening yourself up to the poison that that is out in the world. 
And so you want the one thing that will keep you from being poisoned? It's staying in the word. It's staying close to the Lord Jesus Christ. Reading it, understanding what is his truth and how do I live that and how do I understand that and how do I walk in that and how do I, how do I love people? How do I interact with different people? How do I love my wife? How do I love my children? It's all in the word of God. It tells us how we are to function and how we live on this earth. Not only so we can enjoy the precious relationship that God gives us through Jesus Christ, but also so that our minds will not be poisoned. It's amazing how people can get so off track so quickly. And oftentimes it's a little step by little step by little step. And it starts with your walk with Jesus. It starts with your time with Jesus. I've, I've displayed it and, and told, it, told you in this way. If, if Sunday morning is all that you get in your walk with Jesus, you are greatly missing. It's like having a feast. It's like having a buffet table one day on a Sunday. You come and you eat and you gobble it all down and then you have nothing for the rest of the week. It's like eating nothing else. You can't do that. God doesn't intend for us to live that way. And so if all you're doing is coming and eating on Sunday and you never spend time with God's word, you will be poisoned by the effects of this world. It's just a matter of time. You have to spend time in his word as individuals, as family, and we need to do that corporately. It's the fellowship that we enjoy too. These are difficult times. These are challenging times. And that goes into the next point is the division. We as Christ followers must never allow fear to control us. I'll say that again. We as Christ followers must never allow fear to control us. If fear is controlling you, and only you know that, I, I can't tell what that looks like. You know what that looks like in your decision making, in, in your makeup, in your spirit, as you, as you walk through each day in the decisions that are being made, whether it's at work or in your family, in your marriage, at school, you know if you're living a fearful life. I want to be careful here because I'm not here to criticize anyone. I'm here to bring the message of hope and good news. The message of hope and good news is that Jesus Christ wipes away all of our fear. We have not been given a, a spirit of fear, but of a sound mind, of love. We have been given everything that we need in order to live here and now, in this place and at this time. God has put you and me here so that we can function, not just function and get through each day, but to function in such a way that the gospel of grace is displayed through you and I. We have the great and wonderful privilege of allowing the gospel of grace to flow through us. But if we are controlled by fear, that gospel of grace is null and void. We're displaying something that we're saying one thing and we're living another way. That's called hypocrisy. And it's time for the church, the church of Jesus Christ, to not allow fear to divide us. I think of Corey Ten Boom. 
And I think of uh, Justin Martyr. There's a whole book of, uh, of Martyr's book that displays uh, those who have died for the cause of Christ. Corey Tenboom was willing to sacrifice her life so that her family, so that they would protect the Jews who were being slaughtered. Today, are you more concerned about your reputation? Are you more concerned about your well-being than displaying and sharing and loving people with the grace of Jesus Christ? Folks, we must stand up to the challenges. There is no other healing of our land or the world without the hope of Jesus Christ. Pastor Ed said it earlier. And unfortunately, there are way too many people who look for hope, who look for direction, who, who want a little bit of, of goodness, but ultimately you cannot find that without Jesus Christ. He is the one thing that can change our hearts and lives. He is the one thing that when we place our hope and faith in him, he will never let us down. And yet we stand sometimes in the face of fear, and I'm guilty just as much as you are, of when we're confronted with an opportunity to share the grace of Jesus, we back down. We must ask for boldness. And we must come together across the divide and realize there is one reason why you and I have been left here on the face of the earth. And that is to give God glory. And I am determined that one of the greatest ways that we can give God glory is by proclaiming the grace of Jesus Christ to others. We do that through our words. We do that through our actions. We do that as we, as we come together as the body of Christ. Jesus told his disciples, they will know me by the way you treat each other, by the way you love one another. How are we doing as the body of Christ in loving one another, in showing grace to one another? We live in a divided time, and it is time to make the one thing the one thing, the grace of Jesus Christ that saves you and I. That is the one thing. Put your life on the line for it. You won't regret it. Poisoned and divided. Do you know that that's what Satan wants to do? He seeks to destroy you. You and I. We've been given the hope the word of his grace. And the hope that we have is found in Jesus Christ. If you don't know him, I encourage you today to place your trust and faith in him. If you've placed your faith and trust in Jesus, may you seek him with all your heart. Now is the time. Now is the time for us to stand up as the body of Christ, to seek him with all of our hearts, to stop with the excuses and to put a lot of other things of priority above spending time with him. Let me ask you this. Is there anything more important in your daily time than to spend time with Jesus? 
and say, Pastor, it's not that easy. I've got to go to work. I've got to make, make breakfast for the family. I've got to, yes, all those are important. Let me ask you again, is there anything more important of your every single day that you have left here on this earth? Anything more important than spending time with Jesus? The answer is plain and simple, no. Spend time with him. As you spend time with him, he will lead you and guide you and show you what that looks like. This is, I'm not saying that you have to be so, so regimented and said that, okay, every morning at nine o'clock, I'm going to open my Bible and read it. And I don't care if I get a phone call or text. No, that's not what I'm saying. Jesus didn't run by that. These aren't rules. It's not a bunch of rules and regulations that we live by. We live underneath the grace of God, but we have to be disciplined Paul says, I discipline my body so that I may ultimately win. So I may not fall. That's us. We must have discipline to set that aside and say, this will be a priority of my life. Are there times that we fail? Sure. It's just like any relationship. There are ups and downs and there's times where we may neglect or times that we really enjoy and we cherish. Folks, the warning is here. There are many who have been poisoned and many who have caused caused division. May that not be said of us. God has brought us together to live life together Not to make us all look the same, but to use our differences and each unique mind and heart and life and background for the beauty of the gospel of Jesus Christ so that the world may see that we love one another and that we love them. The truth, ultimately the truth sets us free. The truth will set free the hearts of the people of our world. Don't exchange truth for a lie. What is the truth? The truth is found right here. Read it, study it, be in it this week. Cherish your relationship with God so much that you make it a priority to spend time with him. And Lord, help us not to be poisoned and not to be divided. Will you pray with me? Lord, thank you for your goodness. Thank you for the way you care for our every need. And I thank you for each one that's here this morning and those who are listening. Lord, help us. Help us to stand strong in our pursuit of our relationship with you, Lord. So often we seek to live life, sometimes it's purposeful. Lord, many times it's, it's not even purposeful. We just get busy and we, we, do, we do life. We just take care of the things that need to be taken care of and quickly we can just get away from spending time with you. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your willingness to be patient with us. And Lord, I pray that you would help us to continue to pursue every day with you, understanding that it's more than just an individual relationship. Lord, you've called us into community, 
And that community is not just on a Sunday morning. It's more than that. It's living life together, encouraging one another, spurring one another on. And so may we do that this week in the days ahead. Help us. Help us, Lord, to be bold as Paul and Barnabas boldly shared the word of grace, Lord, may we boldly share the word of grace this week with those who you will place in our life, whether that's through our actions, our attitude, through our words, maybe it's through a track that we can give a little piece of paper that explains the gospel message. Lord, may we be faithful, be faithful in presenting the hope of Jesus Christ. Lord, may we not lose sight This earth is not our home. There is one final destination. And until you call us there, Lord, may we be faithful. We pray this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.